You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, March the 8th, 2019, the end of the week. Your boy Q here on Twitter at your boy Q254. And I got a lot for you on today's show. In segment number three, going to give you some calls from that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Not going to be able to get all the calls in that we've had all week, but going to be able to get in a nice little chunk of them. So that's going to come up in segment number three. In segment number two, I told you on Thursday's episode, that I had uh, Benjamin Albright. He was going to be on my radio show on ESPN Central Texas talking all things NFL, talking all the rumors, talking Kyler Murray, talking Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, the super team, John Gruden's supposed to be putting together, all that stuff that I talked about on Thursday's episode that I said I was going to ask Benjamin Albright about. Uh, I did, or else if I didn't, Stephen Simcox, my co-host, or Craig Smoke asked him about. So it was a pretty good little interview that I'm definitely going to share with you in segment number two. In segment number one, I'm going to talk about some free agent moves that the Raiders made on Thursday. Thursday, but they were all about the guys that are currently on their roster, restricted free agents, and what they did with that. So that's going to come up. Before I get into that, though, I'm just going to let it be known. I had to be on the road today at 4.30 in the morning. On my way to San Antonio, Texas for a high school basketball playoff game. Uh, my man, my co-host, Ward Whites, he actually uh, is driving, so I didn't have to worry about driving. But yeah, man, 4.30 in the morning, my man came to the house, picked me up, and headed to San Antonio, Texas about two and a half, almost three hours away from where I actually live. And uh, yeah, it's going down, so this is kind of my life. This is what I do. So uh, getting into segment number one now, getting into all the free agent news that I talked about, the, uh, the free agent moves that were made restricted-wise on the Raiders, guys that are currently on the list. Let's go through them real quick. Linebacker Jason Cabinda, he was an exclusive rights free agent, started three games in 2018, made 10 appearances. He provides some good depth for the Raiders, and yeah, he's going to be back in 2019. The Raiders made a move on him. Kicker Daniel Carlson, I thought this was a really big one. He re-signed on a one-year deal. Remember, he came in mid-season in 2018. He was money. He absolutely was money after the Vikings had cut him. He was drafted by the Vikings, but uh, they, they cut him because he uh, had one really, really, really bad game, but became the dude for the Raiders. He signed a one-year $570,000 contract, and in 2018, he converted on 94.1% of his field goal attempts. So that's good. That's good right there. He was actually a, a bright spot for the Raiders in 2018. Also, safety Eric Harris, letting it be known that if you work hard, if you work really, really hard, good things will pay off. He signed an original round tender, but the unfortunate part, he was an undrafted free agent. So if another team tries to sign him, the Raiders get no compensation. But I don't think that's likely. He was a nice addition in 2018, and I'm sure he'll probably be a nice addition in 2019. Played 433 defensive snaps in 2018. So Eric Harris, he'll be back for another year. This one I was really excited about, running back Jalen Richard. Uh, he was hit with the second round tender, and that's major. 
Because if you remember, he was a guy that not only was an undrafted free agent, but he was a guy that just received a camp invite and found his way onto the active roster. I mean, that's major. He wasn't even just a, oh, he's an undrafted free agent, we're going to sign him. No, he was a guy that was an undrafted free agent and just get a camp invite. He was there for the weekend, found himself onto the roster, and has all of a sudden become a player. So, I mean, he busted his tail, earned his spot. No matter what happens with the free agents, Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, he'll definitely be back in 2019. And I'm, I'm really happy for him. He's, uh, he's shown that hard work pays off, not sometimes, but all the time. And then the most controversial one, and I'm not sure why it's controversial, defensive back Daryl Worley. He received a second-round tender, which is worth more than just like $3 million. Most folks can't believe that he got that second-round tender. He was a third-round pick. And, I mean, again, it's just like a million dollars more. If the Raiders decided to tender him like an original round tender, it would have been $2 million. So they gave him a second round tender, and it's like $3 million. So he gets a little bit more money. But people were flipping out. On Twitter on Thursday, all I saw was people like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Raiders did that. Why? You're giving him a little bit more money? $3 million? What's the big deal? He showed in 2018 that he could play. Yeah, he had his ups and downs, and he had some downs. But he had a lot of good ups as well. John Gruden has shown many times that he really likes him. I didn't really understand what all the big controversy was about. But I'm telling you right now, there was a lot of folks on Twitter that were thinking, oh, my God, that's the worst thing you could ever do. Look, the Raiders have like 70-something million dollars in cap space. At some point, you got to spend it, right? doesn't make any sense to me. But, I mean, 24 years old, he had 30 tackles, 7 passes defense, and an interception in 10 games. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know he came to the Raiders after being suspended when he was a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He got arrested for a DUI. But the Raiders picked him up. He served his suspension. He came and he played pretty good. I think that he could be, at the very least, a good depth guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could never have enough good corners in the league. So I'm not mad at them giving him a second-round tender. I don't think that's a big deal. And if another team out there says, hey, we want to go sign the guy, then cool, no problem, because then the Raiders get a second-round pick for that. So I don't know what the big deal was. Again, he's only 24 years old. But I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, a lot of folks were flipping out. They were tripping out that Daryl Worley got a second-round tender. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong or, or tell me why I'm wrong, but what's the big deal? 707-654-4693, I think it was fine. It actually made sense. That's something that you're supposed to do. Are you serious? Like, it's a bad thing? It's a bad thing that you kept some young talent on the team at a reasonable price? He's not like he's overpaid. They didn't give him $15 million. Raider Nation, they gave him three. They gave him $3 million on a one-year deal. If he does really well in 2018, guess what? Or 2019, they'll have the fast track on signing him to a real good deal. If he doesn't, guess what? Kick rocks. You're out the door. But I, I just don't understand what the big to-do was about why, you know, it was like, oh, my goodness, he's so bad. That's a terrible deal for Chucky and the Raiders. Why? Nobody ever explained why it was such a bad deal. It made all sense in the world to me. I thought he was somebody that the Raiders uh, were really, they really liked. And, again, at times I liked him as well. He had his moments where he was good. He also had his moments where he was bad. But I don't think it was that bad. At some point, you got to hold on to some players that you have. So holding on to Daryl Worley, holding on to Eric Harris, Holding on to Jalen Richard, Daniel Carlson, Jason Cabinda. I ain't got no problem with that. I think that makes all the sense in the world. So those are kind of the moves that the Raiders have made so far. There is also reports out that Jared Cook can receive like eight point something million dollars per year as a free agent. So I don't know. That might be too rich for the Raiders' blood, but we'll see. You know, and if Jared Cook can go get that money, eight eight million something dollars a year, get a long term deal, get some big fat uh, guarantee money, 
I'm not mad at him. Go ahead and do do what you got to do. There's a lot of tight ends in the draft coming up. So if the Raiders want to go get another tight end and they don't want to go ahead and re-sign Jared Cook at the, a big dollar amount, that's fine. Go go draft a tight end. Go draft Noah Fant. Go draft, you know, uh, Hendrickson. Go, I mean, there's a bunch of tight ends that are available. Go ahead and make that happen and let him walk and go get that money. I'm not mad. I think the Raiders are doing what they're supposed to do as far as free agents. And, of course, we're still on Antonio Brown watch. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, a lot of folks thinking that, a first-round draft pick is what the Steelers want, but who's going to make a trade for him and what are they going to give up? That's the big question, right? Of course it is. Well, Benjamin Albright, he's coming up next. He does uh, radio up in Denver, covers the NFL like a glove, and we had him on my radio show on ESPN Central Texas on Thursday. That's coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, welcome back in to segment number two of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, March the 8th, 2019. I'll tell you right now, I don't know if you noticed the segment number one, but my allergies are killing me. They are absolutely killing me. I'm all stopped up, but I'm going to get through it. So if you hear me sneeze throughout the podcast, my bad. That's just what happens. Hold on. Yeah, that was one of those sneezes right there. Anyway, let's get into the interview that uh, happened on ESPN Central Texas on Thursday with Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL on Twitter out of Denver, Colorado, talking all things NFL, rumors, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Kyler Murray. What's going on with that situation? I mean, everything that you could think of, John Gruden and the super team. He's talking about it right here with Craig Smoke, Steven Simcox, and myself from ESPN Central Texas on Thursday. Here's Benjamin Albright. Uh, yesterday, a lot of talk about Kyler Murray. That's every day, but a lot of talk in particular about comments made about Kyler Murray from former NFL GM Charlie Casserly that had Kyler's agent sounding off on Twitter and many others forming opinions on whether he was onto something or maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. But uh, how did you take Charlie Casserly's comments and, and what have you made of some of the response to them as well? Well, um, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I know Charlie Cashley. I've known him for, for about a decade. Um, you know, he's a very good guy. Um, I don't doubt for a minute that, you know, he was told the things that he says he was told. What I would question is who does it benefit to tell those things, and was he told accurate information? Um, you know, I, if somebody else is looking for Kyler Murray to fall into their lap or is looking to trade up uh, in an attempt to acquire him, uh, wouldn't it benefit? benefit those teams to leak that he had bad interviews in an effort to lower the asking price to do so? <laughs> no, no, no doubt about that. Uh, that and, and of course, it's Lions season. And speaking of Lions season, there's a lot of speculation about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and if they're really going to take him at number one. And some people are like, it's a matter of fact, it's going to happen. And some people think it's insane. And I know that you're on the on the side of, uh, you know, based off of Twitter, what you've said is that, uh, you know, it doesn't really make sense for the Cardinals organization as a business to go ahead and do something like that. But overall, what is your gut feeling when it comes to Kyler and the Cardinals? I would just caution everybody to have uh, you know a little bit of patience. We don't have to know everything that's going to happen three months from now, right now. Uh, at this point, three or four years ago, the uh, everybody in media, the, the exact same setup, except they were all saying Johnny Manziel was going to be the number one pick in the draft to the Houston Texans, and we all saw how that didn't happen. Uh, so you know, I, I would caution people to let the process play out. I can tell you for an absolute fact, the Arizona Cardinals have not shopped Josh Rosen at all so far. That doesn't mean they won't, but I can tell you they haven't. Um, so you know, all these reports, all these people trying to connect dots and be the first people, the information and 
stuff like that. I, I think it's people that are um, making assumptions and, and in some cases making things up because they, they don't know. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are going through the draft evaluation process. Kyler Murray hasn't even had a pro day, and we're sitting here trying to pretend we already know how this thing is going to play out. And that's just not that's not realistic. It's just people making things up for attention. DK Metcalf uh, set the combine on fire with a, a lot of explosive numbers and measurements, but uh, there's some injury issues there in, in college, and he, he was inconsistent at Old Miss at times. So, Ben, just how do you evaluate him as a prospect, and, and how do teams look at that whole picture when, when they're evaluating guys? Well, with regards specifically to DK, you know, he's a little bit stiff in the hips. Um, you know, if you watch some of his agility drills, you know, he's a little bit stiff guy. It's not to say that he can't carve out a good career for himself. We've seen uh, uh, we've seen great receivers that were, you know, a little bit stiff that just bullied corners the same way DK kind of does. Terrell Owens made a Hall of Fame career out of it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that he can, he can be good. Um, I, I think that you know, he's a guy that if he works on his craft, you know, he, he can absolutely be good. I just don't know that uh, that he's necessarily uh, what people are trying to make him out to be. You know, they see the viral photos and, you know, everybody's looking for the next Calvin Johnson. Well, there was only one Calvin Johnson. So, you know, I, I think people are maybe jumping the gun on uh, all, all the proclamations they're making with him. Who's your favorite prospect in this draft? Quentin Williams. Um, I, I think he's the best player in this draft. He's, you know, he's got great strength. Um, you know, he's an interior gap penetrator. Uh, those are tough to find. Dominant guys that are that can that can dominate and affect both the run and the pass game on the inside of the defensive line are so difficult to find. And you know, to me, it's one of the most valuable things out there. It's what makes a guy like JJ Watt or, or Aaron Donald so valuable. So they can do both. So uh, Quentin Williams is my favorite player in this draft. Who is your quarterback number one? Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins or other? I, I have Haskins number one. Um, you know, I, I think that you know his comparison, depending on, on what you're looking at on the field, uh, is kind of similar to Jameis Winston. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who's got the size. He's not hyper athletic, but he can use his feet to manipulate the pocket. Uh, he's looking to be, you know, aggressive with the football, and he can make the throws. Um, you know, the off field is obviously wildly different for those two, but you know, I think that I think Haskins is a, a good prototypical quarterback. Now, uh, him being QB one for me doesn't mean I think he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. I mm-hmm. just think he's probably the best uh, and most starter ready in this class. Ed Oliver was uh, before the season one of those top guys that everybody was looking at, and he's still in the first round and everything I've seen, but it's gone down some to the mid or late first round. How do how do you evaluate him, Ben? You know, I, everybody I've talked to says that's one of those guys that might slip. Um, there are some, you know, some teams have some questions about, uh, you know, about his personality. Some teams have some questions about his size, uh, what's the best position for him, things like that. I, you know, I'd love to see him go to a, you know, a team like uh, like the Rams where Wade Phillips will find a place for him. But, um, I, you know, I don't know if it'll last that long. Uh, you know, I've heard all kinds of rumors. Uh, but right now it seems like, you know, most people think he's a, a mid to maybe back half of the first round guy. Um, you know, there's still some more of the process to go through, but um, I, you know, the, the reports that he was a top five guy, I think, are I think are false. The safety market last year was very odd to watch in free agency. Safeties just weren't getting paid a whole lot of money, despite guys who had you know big resumes. And now we're looking at Landon Collins being a free agent. Uh, we're looking at Earl Thomas as well. What kind of market do you think there is for safeties this time around? And uh, you just got done kind of addressing the false reports and the smoke that's been out there. There's there's talk that Earl Thomas wants you know a lot of money, and maybe that eliminates a team like the Cowboys. But uh, how do you see the safety market shaping up this offseason? 
So well, everybody wants a lot of money. Well, I want to date with Scarlett Johansson, but some of that's not college. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that I think you look at the, the safety, and safety has become kind of a position like running back uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It's become devalued as as analytics finds more efficient ways to construct a roster and allocate your cap dollars. Uh, you know, you need edge rushers to pressure the pass. You need corners that can cover in man uh, for as long as possible. And, and the value of a uh, even a one high safety um, and even less so a box safety uh, has diminished. So, um, you know, I think that the safety market in and of itself is one that's, you know, these teams realize that if we all cut these guys, it'll flood the market, it'll drive the price down, and we can better construct our rosters. And uh, I think you're seeing that over the last two years. I think you're going to see a lot of guys disappointed with the dollar amount they get this year. Sounds like this whole uh, Antonio Brown situation and being traded out of Pittsburgh could be wrapped up pretty quickly. Uh, reports about it being wrapped up by Friday. One, do you think that's realistic? Do you think you have a, a good idea where he lands and what kind of compensation should the Steelers be actually realistically be thinking about getting in return? Well, the Steelers are looking for a first, and I don't know if they're going to get that, but they're saying that that's the market due to the, uh, you know, the Cooper, the Amari Cooper deal with Dallas. Um, you know, I don't know that they're going to get that because obviously Brown is significantly older than Cooper uh, and has some, you know, some baggage and a bigger contract. You got to work around, and he's going to want a big extension. Um, you know, from what I understand, Oakland is the leader in the clubhouse for him. Um, I, I think that it will probably cost a first or a second and another pick. Um, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, John Gruden's uh, trying to put together a, you know, a, a pretty interesting team there, and he's he's trying to bring in uh, Brown, trying to sign Le'Veon Bell, and and seeing what he can do to get up there and get Kyler Murray. Q just had the is, worst look on his re- face. I mean, is that realistic? I mean, do you think that there's a realistic possibility with that super team you're talking about? Uh, you know, realistic's a funny word. I, I I can tell you, John believes that he can pull that off, and they're going to try. Uh, do I think that it's something that's going to ultimately happen with all three of them? That's that's catching lightning three times in a bottle. I think that's unlikely, but um, you know they certainly believe that they can they can pull it off. So they're going to try. Final thing for you, Benjamin. Uh, the Browns released Jamie Collins this week. Uh, what kind of off season do you see them having? Obviously, with a lot of money, they got a lot of hype right now. Uh, what, what kind of off season do you expect from Cleveland? I expect them to be very busy. Uh, the big rumor right now, and I, I want to stress again, this is a rumor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not coming from any corroborated sourcing, uh, is that they're trying to move Kevin Zeitler and some draft picks, maybe another player for Odell Beckham that would reunite Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, uh, you know, at receivers with Baker Mayfield, make for a pretty potent offense when you look at, you know, some of the other players they have in Joku, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, obviously, and, and Nick Chubb. Uh, Duke Johnson's probably going to be gone, but, you know, that offense looks looks pretty potent in that case. So, um, you know, I expect him to be active. Another player that could be after me, D Ford. Um, you know, Dorsey's guy who who drafted him. They they could be looking if one of the players involved in that uh, Odell Beckham rumor uh, were to be Emmanuel Agua, they'd be looking for an end to replace him. And Ford would move from kind of that thirty-four outside linebacker to maybe more of a forty-three end. We just got a text message asking who you thought were the the top three linebackers in the upcoming draft. Uh, it depends. I mean, you're talking about edge guys or inside backers. Um, you well, know, probably uh, probably middle linebackers. Josh, uh, you know, in that case, I would say that, you know, uh, the Devons, White and Bush are probably right there at the top. Um, you start looking at that, it's a, you know, it's kind of a buyer's preference thing. Uh, different guys are going to have different, uh, um, you know, different preferences. Cashman would be a guy. Jermaine Pratt out of North Carolina State is probably a sleeper there. Uh, side side backer with a lot of speed. Um, but I, I would say Cashman and then uh, Cashman White and uh, and Bush uh, are probably the top three. So that was our interview that we had with Benjamin Albright on Thursday. You can hear that uh, he's not convinced. 
that the Arizona Cardinals have made any kind of decisions. Uh, he thinks that the Steelers want to get that first round draft pick for Antonio Brown. Not sure if it's going to happen. And he said for sure that the Raiders and John Gruden are trying to put together that super team. And that was one of those things he said as a matter of fact. So buckle in, get ready, because you never know what's going to happen. There's about 48 days left until the draft, and anything can shake out at any point between now and then. It should be exciting. So thank you, Benjamin Albright, for uh, his his insight that he had on ESPN Central Texas. I'm glad I could bring it to you on the podcast. And coming up in segment number three, I got calls for that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, Raider Nation, it's segment number three of the Locked On Raiders podcast on Friday, March the 8th, 2019. Got some calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Want to get to quick, fast, and in a hurry. We're going to start things off with my man Zane. He's in South Carolina talking about free agency, talking about the guys that the Raiders may be interested in and how he may feel about certain guys. Here's Zane. Hey, what's going on, Hugh? It's uh, Zane from South Carolina. I'm just calling in. Um, hopefully, I can... Before this next podcast, um, I was just calling in regards to free agency. Um, I kind of the reports are coming out that you know we're interested in Tyrell Williams and uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and I think those are two pretty good signings. Um, you were talking about Eric Weddle in your last podcast, and honestly, I'm feeling kind of eh about that. Um, when we were originally going after him a few years ago, when we settled on uh, Reggie Nelson. Um, What's it called? Uh, Eric Weddle was a pretty good player, and he still is, but he's at that stage where he's going to start to slow down. Now, you know, Eric Weddle led his team in interceptions um, for, like, the past since he's been with the Ravens, but the thing is, Reggie Nelson led our team in interceptions in 2016, if you remember, and in 2017, he was the worst player on our defense, arguably. So, um, honestly, it's just... It's kind of like, as they grow older, yeah, sure, they're smart, but are they fast enough to really keep up, you know? So I'm, ha- I'm having hesitations about that. Um, but, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this plays out. Um, obviously, we're still talking about Jared Carr. We're going to have to see how that plays out. Um, a lot of stuff can happen. I'm, I'm really excited to see what direction... Uh, the Raiders go. Good stuff right there from Zane, but he wasn't done. He had to call back because, well, he was talking free agency, but he remembered what he really wanted to talk about when he called the first time. He takes a behind-the-scenes approach to his second call. Here's Zane two times. Thank you. Um, just calling back again. I remembered what I wanted to talk about the first time. I really want to talk about. Um, first off, I wanted to ask if you ever get any interviews with some people that have knowledge about how sort of the NFL sort of works behind closed doors. Maybe you could ask sort of like how far do these like backroom dealings, how far these um like what's it called, you know, behind like shadow tactics, like maybe putting out rumors about Kyler Murray or um, putting out stuff about, hey, we're interested in Kyler Murray or maybe we're really not, or maybe try putting those out there to get some uh, teams to trade out before us. Um just all oh, this these are rumors. How far do teams go to deceive and manipulate how other teams react in the draft and all that kind of stuff? Um, also, it could be either um, what's it called could be either Gruden is playing up 
is like is basically he's basically playing these teams like a fiddle or uh, he's uh or the other teams are playing him. So we'll 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 see what happens, see how things go. Good stuff right there from my man Zane. Twice, appreciate the calls. Invader Raider, he's in the 303. He actually hit me up on Twitter and let me know he was pretty fired up. And please believe he was. He was ready to go in. He's addressing the caller who addressed him, PE in North Carolina, Akeem in Oakland, and Raider Baconator. My man Vader Raider is going all the way in. Here he is. He's from the 303. What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy Vader Raider. I'm going to get right to it. So we got a new podster. Um, to the show, welcome. The other day, this podster chose a word that I'm not comfortable with, and he used it to describe the assessment of myself, P.E., um, Baconator, and, of course, the team from Oakland, as we've been known now as the four horsemen of the Raider apocalypse, because apparently we'll want to bring about the end of the Raiders. I don't know what that is, but I like the name. I love it, only because I'm a Metallica fan, and, well... Anyway, this person chose to use a word and to describe us, and it was embarrassing. That's the word, embarrassing. It is not embarrassing for us to be critical of Derek Carr. Um, what's embarrassing is the way this organization has handled the last 30 years. That's embarrassing. You know what's embarrassing? It's embarrassing to watch draft pick after draft pick fail. It's embarrassing to watch free agent after free agent fail. It's embarrassing to watch this team not find a place to play. That's embarrassing. Our assessment of Derek Carr is not embarrassing. Not in the least, okay? And I'm sorry, Q, but that word, I'm sorry, embarrassing because we're being critical of the guy that holds the ball more than any other person on the team. A guy that puts up all those yards, puts up all those stats, and a guy that still can't win. Baconator gave you the stats. P.E.'s giving you stats. Akeem's giving you stats. You know, Raider Nation, I'm sorry, but this organization needs a little truth. This podcast needs the truth. It needs to not be all roses and, and, roses and, and, and butterflies. I'm sorry. We stink. You know what's been embarrassing? This team. And it's embarrassing that year after year we have to endure this. Now, a lot of us are old enough to remember when we were great. And I'm sorry, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of sucking. And it's not embarrassing to be critical of the guy holding the rock more than anybody. Now, I'm sure you're a good person. I'm sure you're a wonderful human being. You're a Raider fan, so obviously you've got that going for you. But please don't tell us that it's embarrassing. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing what the organization, this organization, has done to a fan for the last 30 years and not be successful. I'm not going to stand for being called for my assessment of Derek Carr to be embarrassing. I'm sorry. You and I agree on this, and so does a lot of Raider Nation. You know, we have spent far too many years to be, you know, as a, as a, as a absolute crap organization to be sitting here saying to ourselves, well, let's just love Derek Carr for who he is. He's a great man. He's all these things. Okay, fine. I love Derek Carr, too, as a human being, but guess what? Win some damn games. We've already, we've already, you've already seen it, okay? And I get it. He hasn't had a, a coordinator. You know, he's had three or four different coordinators, and he, he didn't have offensive line help. I get all that. 
and still he had a good year. I get all that. But guess what? It's not embarrassing that I can be critical of him. It's not embarrassing that I can be critical of everything else. I'm critical of the defense. The defense is crap. We got, we got Paul Gunther, and guess what? It was embarrassing last year. It was absolutely embarrassing watching that defense go out onto the football field and play football. It was embarrassing. Embarrassing to watch that offensive line not block for our franchise quarterback who got paid $125 million to go out there and perform so that we were unable to pay the Hall of Fame defensive end, okay, who we had to trade because we couldn't afford to pay him. So that's embarrassing. And we, we, you know what's embarrassing? Our good name being dragged through the mud for the last 30 years. I can't even watch regular media. I can't even pay attention to it because our name, every time it gets caught, get brought up in any circle, we get dragged through the mud. That's embarrassing. And you know what? You know what's not embarrassing? Is the fact that every single year as Raider fans, we hope and we pray. That one day in February, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. One day, that one day in February, while the whole world is watching, they have to sit there and watch as silver and black confetti comes down. Roger Goodell has to hand whoever the coach is, and in this case it would be Gruden, that silver ball, and the whole world will have to bow down to our feet. I'm tired of not experiencing that. I'm tired of that not happening. It's embarrassing what's happened to us for the last 30 years. Raider Raider, out. All right, Raider Raider, definitely appreciate that. Good stuff. And like, like I said, definitely fired up. And I'm not mad at that, man. This is the platform to make it happen. So, Raider Raider, it's always great to hear from you. Now, Victor and Cali, he's responding to the podcast and talking about what I played on Thursday's show about the military. He also talked about the chance to acquire Antonio Brown and let it be known what he would give up for him. Victor and Cali. Hey, cheers, Victor from Cali. Hey, I wanted to call and say thanks. I appreciate that, uh, that, Spot you uh, played with the military in the in the shark attack on the bus that brings back memory. That that stuff is real. I remember my bus ride from the airport to boot camp, and uh, it's on the minute those doors open, just like that. Brought back chilly memories. Uh, my son's still active military. My dad was Korean War vet. Uh, you're not going to make me mad by playing military stuff every day. Uh, Thanks again. Anyway, I called on that Antonio Brown issue. I think it would be a huge mistake the Raiders take him. I don't know why they would even consider it. You know, we traded Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. We avoided a huge contract that he's due, paying a lot of money to one receiver so we can rebuild our team. We are in rebuilding mode. We're not one player away from a championship. Why we would ever go after probably – uh, one of the most expensive wide receivers that calls himself Mr. Big Chest. Uh, there would be a total disruption to our team. A guy coming in wearing a milk mustache and all over social media. You know, our team loved Amari Cooper. This guy is going to be um, a definitely, definitely a problem in our locker room. So I hope they stay away from him and don't make a mistake. I wouldn't trade a first. I wouldn't trade a second. In fact, if we're going to take over uh, uh, A.B. for the next three years, Pittsburgh should be paying us a draft pick to unload that problem. That's my thoughts on that. I, I hope they don't make this mistake. 
Um, media seems to be all over the fact it's going to be the Raiders. I hope they really don't know what they're talking about and there's not some insider leak and that this thing manifested something real. Anyway, that's all I have, Q. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Peace out. Thank you so much, Victor. I appreciate that. Hey, look, I'll tell you right now, if nobody else appreciated the uh, military sounds on the podcast on Thursday, Victor did, and that's good enough for me because I thought it was awesome and I just wanted to share it with you. So that's what we're going to do. And every once in a while, I'll drop that on there. So, Victor, definitely appreciate that. Now let's keep this thing rolling. B.A. Raider in Virginia, he's calling to respond to Sonic Raider in the Tri-Cities, talking about winning and losing games, draft position. He also talks about the free agent safety class. Here's B.A. Raider in Virginia. Thank you. It's your boy, V.A. Raider. Up and out of Virginia. I just want to call. I had to pause the podcast, man. I had that, whatever, whatever that dude was. Sorry, I don't remember his name, but uh, sounded like he had a jackhammer going in the background, man. Talking about our four and twelve season. How everyone wanted a four and twelve season, man. That stuff just really burns me up. You can't. I mean, we're trying to change the culture. You know what I mean? Trying to change the culture in Oakland. Well, well, time we're in Oakland. What's left of it, anyways? But uh, man, I just that stuff. You can't, you can't, that's no way, that's no way, no way to be, you know what I mean? You ain't, you ain't, you you ain't a winner, you ain't a winner if you're, if, if you're losing on purpose, you know what I mean? And that stuff, I mean, it's just, it ain't, it ain't right. And, uh, you know, I hear you talk about, you know, you know, you talk about there's winners and there's losers, you know what I mean? Well, I guarantee you that guy ain't won, won nothing in his life with that kind of attitude. You know, it's just, there's, there ain't no way to be. And, Man, that fired me up a little bit. I just had to get that out there. And as far as this point on safeties and all the safety talk, I don't think that's a big need right now. You know, um, as far as KJ, we got Carl Joseph out there. He he can hit. He can play up in the run. I like him. Um, other than that, you know, we just we just signed the, the tender on on uh, Eric Harris, who I actually really like too. I think he developed really well towards the end of last year in Gunther's defense. Um, so I think I think we'd be all right waiting on safety unless something good really comes around. You know, maybe getting somebody that can really go out there and cover. Um, but other than that, man, I think uh, I think the, the the safety positions safety positions are all right right now. Uh, we have way too many other needs in my opinion. But uh, all right, Raider Nation, that's all I got. Be good. All right, good stuff, BA Raider in Virginia. Always appreciate hearing from you. And then finishing off the show today, finishing off the show this week is John Train in the ATL. He's calling to talk about the upcoming draft and how it's now lion season, false info, true info. How do you know what's real or not? He talks about where the Raiders line up in this whole situation and how he thinks this whole thing plays out. Here is my man John Train in the ATL. What's up, Q? It's John Train calling from ATL one more time. Uh, Just got a couple general observations about the draft and the free agency process. You know, I know it's, uh, you know, what they call it, lying season. A lot of teams, you know, they're throwing smoke out there just in, you know, in order to influence the draft. But is it me or is it, like, way worse this year? I mean, you got all the conflicting reports about Kyler Murray, his evaluations, his height, his work ethic, his, his character, the Antonio Brown trade rumors. This team's involved, that team's involved, this team's out, that team's out, OBJ, same thing. I mean, it just seems like it used to be a little smoke was thrown out here, you know, just here and there, and that was just part of the game. But now it seems like as fans, you know, we're being subjected to full-scale disinformation campaigns. And to me, that's not fun. It's not cool. It's not entertaining. Really, it's it's almost insulting in a way. 
you know, as a fan, it just feels like teams and agents are, are shamelessly using the media to get certain narratives out there. But I know that they normally kind of do that as kind of their M.O., but I don't know, it just feels worse this year. You know, like that, that Charlie Castle report the other day, I mean, it really it felt damn near personal, even though I know it wasn't. It was just some team or an agent using him to get a certain message out there. Either way, to me, man, it, it's, it's just not cool, and I'm already kind of kind of tired of it. Um, so anyway, as we go into free agency, I think it's going to get worse just in terms of the way I think agents and teams are going to constantly flare with the Raiders in particular and use them as leverage in order to increase the perceived market for their own player. Um, the Raiders have a ton of cap space, three first-round picks, a QB, you know, perceived to be on the trading block, and a coach who has proven that he's willing to make any deal. So just like in years past, the Raiders are going to, you know, basically they're the perfect mark, and they're going to be associated with just about every free agent. And and a lot of these free agents in these reports, they really want nothing to do with the 4-12 and team that's not going to give them top dollar. And on top of that, social media makes all of this worse. You know, some nobody tweets, you know, tweets out that the Raiders were quote unquote shopping Derek Carr, and next thing you know, it's on pro football talk. Um, and, and that reaches a lot of eyes. You know what I mean? It's an unsubstantiated, basically, Twitter rumor, and all of a sudden it's on, it's on NBC. Um, I think it's a little irresponsible by NBC to be posting that kind of thing. You know, because answering a phone call is not the same as shopping a player. You, you know, they say a lie can make its way around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. Um, and, and this is proof of that. So just keep that in mind, Raider Nation, as all the Twitter rumors are, are, are flying around as we enter this uh, free agency period. Uh, that's all I got today, Q. Peace. Good stuff, my man. Really appreciate you. Uh, great call right there. Really good call. John Trey in the ATL, BA Raider in Virginia, Victor in Cali, Vader Raider in the 303, Zane in South Carolina two times. Appreciate your calls. I appreciate everything that's going on this weekend. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thank you for chiming in. Thank you for listening uh, whenever you get that opportunity. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll find out about Antonio Brown today, sometime today, depending on what time you're listening to this, or sometime this weekend. But either way, I know we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday, and uh, we will do that. Until next time. Time. Until Monday, as always, Rare Nation, just win, baby. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.